Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Edit, I lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today by my special guest, Jordan Angeli, NWSL Angel- uh, analyst. And on today's episode, we're chatting all about Challenge Cup. We're chatting about news and notes. We're going to talk about and react to. We're going to react to some player signings we actually haven't had an opportunity to do quite yet. And we're going to chat about uh, some World Cup rosters. Uh, Spain dropped there, so there's some interesting things to note within it. And uh, I can't wait to go through all this with you, Jordan. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. I'm really great. The <laughs> Denver Nuggets are NBA champions. And, um, yeah, it, it makes my little heart so happy. I wish I could have been there in the arena. It looked absolutely amazing. I just live pretty close to it. So um, I heard all of the festivities happening afterwards. But, gosh, it... You know, you know I, I remember watching Dikembe Mutombo at McNichols Arena with my <laughs> dad. When I was growing up. Yeah. And now the Nuggets, you know, have another big man who is really the center of attention. It was so fun, Sandra. And I know you even got into it a little yes. bit. I love I love basketball. And I think we were chatting about this, too, in one of our previous episodes where I'm just like, you know, playoff anything is like the yeah. best the best time of year. So try to yeah. try to get in, into it or get allow yourself to get swept up into it uh you know Jordan as far as I'm convinced like a little bit that I saw last night I was like oh the entire city of Denver is there yeah. um, oh, at, yeah. at the arena so like, you, could, you could have absolutely been like wow it was crazy I couldn't believe okay I, I should have pretend I'll pretend and I would have believed I would have been like yes that's 100 percent true <laughs> and accurate I, I I believe it I believe it to be true um yeah no I'm glad you're having a good morning a, vi- a victory Tuesday and end an NBA championship victory for you I think it's a How great to start to start your your morning. My I'm good. I'm great. I I got a good night's rest. I was excited to wake up this morning and and start my day chatting about all things women's soccer. I, I think that's the best way to kick start your day. So, I'm um, I'm in good spirits as well. I hope everyone joining us in the chat is in good spirits as well. Uh, a rhyme, a quick reminder to everyone before we start getting into our segments here. Um we're live on YouTube. So subscribe to us on YouTube so that you never miss out on alerts for whenever we go live and you can join Join us in the chat and get active and and let us know your thoughts as well. We're also a podcast, so follow, like, and describe so that you never miss out on a single episode. Jordan and I are going to run down all of these awesome segments for you. We are missing Lisa Roman, as always. She's still enjoying time on her honeymoon. We'll uh, we'll welcome her back when she's ready to to return. But let's, let's hop into all things soccer. We've got, count them, 
three, one, two, three challenge cup games midweek. We've got uh, Washington Spear versus North Carolina Courage, Racing Louisville versus Houston Dash, and Kansas City Current versus Chicago Red Stars. So one East region uh, battle, and then uh, we've got two Central regions. Let's let's start with the lone headliner for the East region. Let's uh, run down Washington Spirit versus North Carolina Courage. This one's kicking off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can catch it on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, the East region, when we were last speaking about them, Jordan, we were mm -hmm. doing a preview. Because that's our job. Um, <laughs> we were doing a preview of Gotham uh, versus Orlando. And even though there was uh, some unknown variables at the time when we were doing the preview, we still were like, hey, we don't know if this game's going to go on as planned due to the impact of the wildfires there in the East Coast. But we're going to make a pick. Um, and unfortunately, that match was postponed. So now we've got another East region battle between these two sides. We've got the Spirit coming off of a 2-1 regular season win against Angel City. And we've got North Carolina Courage coming off of a massive scoreline against Chicago Red Stars where they dropped five goals and a clean sheet in their latest regular season win. When we're looking at Challenge Cup mm -hmm. and this East region, we both agree that this group kind of feels like it's a little bit up for grabs yeah that any anyone can maybe really exit this um group with that kind of first claim to that first place title and with that postponed game between gotham and orlando it feels like one of these teams can do it so do you have a winner do you have a loser in this one do you think it might shake out to a draw oh i think so when I think about these Challenge Cup games, which coach really has been able to utilize as many players as possible to um, really get their tactics ingrained in the system that they want to play with the first player to the last player off the bench? Because I think during these Challenge Cup games, one of the things we've seen, Sandra, is they've been utilizing their benches and not just getting starts for players who don't normally get starts, but then bringing players off that do off the bench that do get starts into uh, the game and try to affect it. So I think about both of these teams and how deep they are and how many players, both Mark Parsons and um, I am blanking on North Carolina's coach right now. Sean Neas. Sean, Sean Neas. Um, both those coaches have used in this, this year. So I think we're going to see like what we normally see from these teams. So in my opinion, I think North Carolina is going to come in there. And I'm going to say this again. Washington is going to like me because I feel like I've, I've <laughs> seen a couple of people going in there um, making them um, lose. But I think that this might be the one where North Carolina goes in. And the last Challenge Cup game was a wild one at Washington, that uh, 4-2 game against Orlando. So they show that they are a little bit susceptible two goals against. Um, and I think what we saw from North Carolina in their game over the weekend is just dominant possession, dominance in the way that they attack. I don't think it's going to be the same starting 11 for them at all. But I think that the amount of the ball that they're going to have is going to be difficult for the Washington spirit to uh, manage, but it's going to be a close one. I think two to one, I think spirit gets one on the break because that's what they are. Um, so good at in transition moments and it's going to be on with how much possession and how many numbers North Carolina send forward. So I'm going North Carolina. They have two draws in the challenge cup right now, but 
I think they break through and get a victory here tomorrow. Okay. I like, I like that. You know, the, the, the quick turnaround is always something I, I know that we, you know, pay attention to is, you know, is how, how much of you know player rotation are we going to see mm-hmm. in, a, in a match like this? Um, you know, during that last regular season game, we saw Albert Kingsbury come out of the match. Yeah. We saw Nicole Barnhart, um, an absolute legend of of multiple women's soccer leagues, to step in and, and step up. You know, what is Kingsbury's availability availability going to be if if she's able to go or not? Um, yeah, and I'm 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 with you on on the courage and how they've played all season. You know, yeah. this first half of the regular season and even. Um, in two other matches for for Challenge Cup, I'm curious if it's if this is a game where it's going to get to a point where where Washington Spirit are just like you know what, forget it. We're just not even going to try through this midfield. Let's just punt this ball yeah. over the whole over the whole middle third. You know, I could see Sam stop getting to that point. You know, with that strong left foot and just say let's 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 get this out over the top and 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 someone will get on the end of it. You know, and yeah. and create some magic. Um, yeah. But again, it I think it all depends on um, game, different game scenarios and situations. Uh, we we've seen Mark Parson not shy away from player rotation right. during Challenge Cup, so I'm curious if maybe some of those um, typical uh, starters perhaps are going to be available off the bench. Maybe a couple of them will you know start that for first half. Maybe there'll be a swap, um, and for for the courage as well because I think they're they're getting to a point in their regular season where. Maybe they'll pay it, you know, probably really a lot of teams most are gonna start really paying attention to that um to that regular season table. And if you are an upper half table team, yeah. you want to target the remainder of your regular season to perhaps you know to try at to at least stay in contention. So, you know, how how are these two teams gonna plan for for this this challenge cup max? So all of that with the quick turnaround, the unknowns with with the um you know, with the availability reports that we don't have access to at the, at this time, I, I just don't know if there's enough there for me to make a confident pick one way or the other. And I hate to do this, but I'm going to start off the episode with a draw. I feel like this one has the makings of a draw. I don't know if Caroline goes into yeah. DC and gets a start and pops off with another hat trick. I just don't know if that happens against this defense, even if even if it is anchored by uh, Nicole Barnhart. You know, this uh-huh. is someone who is used to being in those positions, you know, and, and facing a lot of uh, a lot of shots if, if needed. So. Um, I'm going. I'm going with a draw to to start things off, and I think it's going to keep this East Region group even more narrow or even more close and yeah. unpredictable as the Challenge Cup continues to go on. Uh, let, then, let's uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, can I say some players that I I am hopeful that get some minutes here from mm-hmm. each team? I think for Washington, we all are so focused always on their front line and what they can do with their front line, but they have some good players that can come off the bench for them. And I think we'll be utilized in this uh, Chloe Ricketts. I think we'll see a lot more time from the 15 year old and to see what she can do there. Savannah Coleman has played really well in the challenge cup game. She is a Colorado native um, went to Stanford suffered uh, and then CU suffered a lot of injuries and is finally fully fit again. I've known this player since she was um, 14 years old and she just has a drive and a, an intensity that I think Coleman is going to be good in this game because there will be moments where she, they're going to have to battle for the ball. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets the start or um, significant minutes. And then Riley Tanner, um, she had a goal in, or she contributed to one of the goals in, in their game, uh, their last game. She's just a really 
um, smart player, good speed, getting in behind. So I can I can see Washington utilizing those three players up front. You mentioned Sam Staub. I wonder if they rotate Staub yeah. just because she has been an Iron Woman and is so good. Get her a little rest midweek um, because Washington traveled to Kansas City over the in the weekend. So um, kind of looking eyes ahead to that. Yeah. And then for North Carolina, I I, I think we're going to see um, Clara Robbins who is uh, a holding midfielder that the midfield of Washington or North Carolina has been so good, but Robbins played at Florida state. It's just such an intelligent midfielder. I think we're going to see a little bit more of her. And then again, we don't know the availability report, but we still have yet to see Estelle Johnson. And I know she was working back to full health. Could this be a good time to maybe not get her 90 minutes, but I think that this is something that, um, coaches have been doing is can we get 45 minutes out of somebody that's coming back player the first half of the game and then you can bring back in um, one of your two sturdy center backs so uh, those are kind of some of the the players that I'm looking at to say okay let's let's see what they could uh, contribute to this game 100% I think that's an important note to to make especially about uh, Robbins you know I think going into that draft class I think she probably was looked at on a lot of you know, mock draft boards is perhaps the the most quote unquote like NWSL ready type of yeah. uh, midfielder. And then we look at the courage and what they're doing this season, and it's hard to to um, kind of believe or imagine that they're ultimately has has played out to where there's maybe not a lot of room for her to crack starting 11s. There's uh-huh. there's room for her to have an impact for this team, but maybe not in a consistent um, starter role week to week. So um, maybe challenge cup is going to be that opportunity. Like, like you mentioned, I think it all depends on how coaches, you know, try to, to utilize um, these group matches going down uh, the stretch. We've, we've like, you know, we've seen rotation at some point. Sometimes we haven't, you know, I think um, we're going to talk about a team where we haven't been able to see a lot of uh, rotation too much, but I think it all, it all depends. I think we're starting to see as, as more teams kind of lock away at least, two to three games or possibly even four games of the group stage, um, how they want to continue to operate and function within Challenge Cup as it runs concurrently with the regular season. Um, Well, we're going to keep talking about rotation or what we may or may not see. Let's let's pivot to the central region for Challenge Cup. Let's talk about racing Louisville versus Houston Dash. The central region group, I don't know, racing Louisville, maybe um, maybe Challenge Cup is something that they're looking at and saying, you know what, in terms of obtainables here, maybe Challenge Cup uh-huh. is, a, is yeah. a title we can shake things up and make a run for. Um, because n- there's no real, you know, there's still plenty of your games to go here in, in the Challenge Cup. And, and maybe this is a game against another another team who could possibly be on Challenge Challenge Cup title um, where they can kind of maybe assert themselves and sort of say, like, you know, establish themselves as, as uh, you know, kind of the dominant team in this central region. Um, so maybe I'm tipping my hat already here, but I'm, I'm going to go racing Louisville for a win in this one, Jordan. I think even with the quick turnaround, they have shown – even with just within Challenge Cup specifically, that they show up on these days to compete. So yeah. I think they'll keep that going. I, I think that's a good shout because they're the only team in NWSL right now who has not lost or drawn a Challenge Cup game. They have two wins under their belt, and they've done it um, with a variety of players and away at Kansas City. And um, 
in a, in a place where it was, that was a difficult game. It wasn't like it was an easy game for them where they gave up goals, but they ended up getting the win. So, um, and, and racing has been good at home. They have been able to assert themselves and show what they really have. Um, one of the things I like about racing is when it comes to challenge cup, they, they have some depth in, in who they can rotate in some of these key places. We've seen Piki Yamsa uh, play some minutes in either holding mid or center back. Um, Rebecca Holloway has also played minutes for them. Satara Murray as well. So those are players that have really good experience under their belts that can come in and keep a really firm foundation for uh, Kim Bjorkegren's team. The question I have is the one of the things that I've been noticing about, it's really tactical for both of these teams. Race and Louisville um, like to have the ball. They like to play through DeMello, but they've been adding some wrinkles and some rotations, whether it's Ari Borges or Jalen Howell coming deeper to collect the ball or those rotations centrally. I'm curious if he's going to still implement those types of things against a Houston squad where maybe um, racing does have some more changes in their lineup, or is it going to be a little bit more direct, a little bit more, um, less tweaks to the system. So do they simplify their game? I don't think they have to at this point in the season. I think everybody kind of knows what is expected out of them. But on the other side, Houston plays really interesting. I think they're, they're doing something different that no other team. I don't think in NWSL is doing They're They're playing a four, three, three, but really when they're building out, it's a three back and they let, they're letting Caprice Didasco almost be a winger. It looks like a three, four, three, then in attack and that has been challenging. They've been good in the channels with um, Maria Sanchez on one side and Didasco on the other. Will Do they have the players to rotate in those two specific spots to create the same effect going forward? And if they do, I think it could cause problems for um, racing with some of those tweaks that they have and who shifts over there to help with overloads in the channels. So this one I think is going to be close, but... I like racing Louisville. I like their mentality in the challenge cup, as you mentioned. So I'm going to go the home squad racing Louisville is going to get in on this one. I think we might see too um, some of the, the players that we've seen play some, some minutes in, in their squad, but at the beginning of this season, Kim Bjorkgren was really talking about Kayla Fisher and she was starting as um, a midfielder for them. So I think, are we going to see more of Kayla Fisher tonight and or tomorrow night and getting her on the ball and letting her go at players one V one, which she is so good at. Um, she was really good at in college. Can she effectively do that in NWSL? That'll be a question, but that's a player that I definitely want to see in the game tomorrow night. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I like that we're both going racing in this one, yeah. but I was get a little nervous whenever we're on here and we make similar. I know. It hasn't worked out for us. It right? hasn't worked out so far, but I'm hoping that maybe racing in this Challenge Cup game can go ahead and, mm -hmm. and, and break the curse there. We'll, we'll see how these two teams uh, look head to head. You can catch the, all the action on, on Paramount Plus, so make sure you tune on in. Uh, we've got one more game to make a, uh, a final prediction and pick on. Kansas City Current versus Chicago Red Stars. Again, you can catch this one at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can catch all the action on Paramount+. Plus. Let's make some picks here. We've got Kansas City Current and Chicago Red Stars uh, currently struggling in, in their regular season. Um, they're, they're sitting 
low at the uh, bottom half of the table here. Uh, I believe it's Chicago in 10th place and then uh, current hanging out in 12th. But things can change in yeah. um, in the in the Challenge Cup for for them. You know, it's 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 kind of like I'm, that's what I'm looking for. I think I think I alluded to that a little bit in in previewing racing in Houston. You know, the Challenge Cup can maybe be something that bottom like lower half table teams can perhaps take a look at and try to target. Like, how are you going to navigate the rest of your year here? Um, Are the playoffs in the regular season and an appearance in the postseason something that is obtainable to you and your players, or is something like challenge cup uh, maybe the way to go in order to, to rally around and say, Hey, there's titles to win here. Still in this NWSL season, and for us, it's going to be Challenge Cup. You know, why not put your eggs in, in, in one basket? And I, I'm curious if if maybe we'll see some of that energy in, in either of these um, central region matchups, not with mm-hmm. Kansas City Current, Chicago Red Stars. Another quick turnaround. I'm curious to see what type of rotation there will be, if any. These are two teams that I've had to, to struggle with availability reports, and because of that, we maybe haven't seen the type of rotation that we have seen across uh-huh. other rosters competing in Challenge Cup. And I don't know if that's going to change in this match either. I think we'll we'll still see some some usual starters for either of these teams compete in their Challenge Cup head-to-head against each other. I won't be surprised if um, Dabinia plays some minutes in, in some uh-huh. capacity. I will not be shocked if... Alyssa Nair is in goal, you know, for, for this game on Chicago Red Stars. So it, it makes me wonder if if knowing that, Jordan, if it sways you one way or the other for a winner, loser, or a draw here. Yeah, this is – I agree. We're, we're looking at the, these other teams and we're thinking, all right, here's some of the rotations that we're likely to see. I think it's diff- more difficult for these both these squads. And um, we're not the coaches. Imagine what it's like for the coaches. Yeah. And one of the reasons why we're seeing them – without a lot of depth too is because they've had to play through these stretches where they've had challenge cup games in the middle of the week without rotation. So it's like almost um, added to the problems that they've had. I think Kansas city is definitely getting healthier and we're seeing that with uh, Elizabeth ball coming back, Morgan Gautreau getting some minutes, but for Chicago, I I see it in the chat and I I kind of agree with you. I I think it's a time to rest a listener. She has been working yeah, in the back there for them. And, um, you know, it's difficult to look at the, the regular season standings and see how many goals have been given up for Chicago, because that's the USA's number one goalkeeper. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, you want her to feel confident if you're a fan of the United States, which I would imagine a lot of us are. Um, you want her to feel go- confident going into a World Cup. So can you give her a rest midweek? Uh, give Emily Boyd some time. Good, uh, ex- experienced goalkeeper. So maybe we see Boyd in in net and just have a little bit of rotation. I know, Sandra, maybe maybe you don't agree with that, but um, it is it is just time, I think, for some changes to happen for Chicago. And looking at their roster, I don't know where else they they can really dip into some of those changes. I, I would imagine we see a little bit more time for Kayla Sharples, who's just coming back from an ACL injury. So can she get some more time on the field? Ava Cook has been good as of late. So I I would 
think that she gets a little bit of time, at least at the beginning, to try to set the tone. But Jenna Bike has been good off the bench for them. So there, there will be rotation, I think, for Chicago. But for this Kansas City team at home, they've been good in Challenge Cup. Um, I think had a good performance in the last Challenge Cup game at home. They didn't win it, but it was three to two. They they score some goals. Dabinia gets on the board. They're, they have the potential to set the tone. And now I feel like they have kind of, it was so rocky for Kansas City for a while. And they've now have, they're playing a three back or a five back. They're letting their wing backs be a little bit more productive. So I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas City starts at least with a very similar lineup to what they've been playing to keep some of that consistency and to keep the confidence in the squad. And then we see some rotations at halftime. Maybe you bring in three different players um, to to add the depth, to show off the depth of this team. Maybe we see Elizabeth Ball start, um, Morgan Gatra start, because then you know you can always take them off um, if they can't go more than 45. So I'm, I'm thinking this one, it's hard to pick against the current at home against the Red Stars, just the form that they're in right now. So I'm going to go Kansas City current. Uh, with a victory in this one. I I didn't even go one draw today. I, I respect oh, it, but, you know, again, it makes me nervous because I'm right there with you. I feel like <laughs> the current have enough, a little, or at least a little bit more than Chicago do, having, you know, to go through a midweek match. Uh, the current are able to to just sort of operate on a short week at home, um, not have to worry about the turnaround. No, it's not a, the longest trip from from Chicago to right. to Kansas City, but it's it's still an away game, right? It's still it's still a road game for for them, and they have to account for for travel as well and a quick turnaround. But I'm with you 100. I, I I would like to see rotation for Chicago um, at this point, even though they have found themselves in moments in which they have been unable to do that. Um, going going to the, the last regular season game against North Carolina Courage, you know, watching Emily Boyd, um, you know, be the last one of the last players to go through through warmups in, in that game. I mean, you know, why not give her a start in this one? I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. Um, we haven't seen Adam McCain and she's someone that's um, been taken and removed from the, from the availability report for Chicago as well. So, you know, is this a game where um, Eddie McCain gets in, gets involved, you know, against her former club in Kansas city current, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. maybe there's a little bit of a, you know, a, a motivating factor there. Why not get, give, give her some minutes as well. So I, I'm very curious about what the, the rotations may, may look like in this game between, between these two teams. But I just think that Kansas city is going to have a little bit more in their arsenal to, to take all three points in, in challenge cup against the, the, the Chicago Red Stars. So we're closing out a preview going uh, similar picks. We're both going racing and we're both going current. We'll have to come back and and chat about if we were correct. Uh, But for now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come on back, we'll chat about some news across the global women's soccer. So stick with us. All right, we're back. Let's uh, let's pivot to some news that has dropped across the global women's soccer. But we're going to stay right here with with NWSL. In case you missed it in our in our recap, We've got some standings to run down for, for everyone. Uh, we've got a new number one heading into the official second half of the regular season, San Diego Wave on top at number one with 20 points. But Washington Spirit level with them with 20 points as well at number two. Portland Thorns at number three with 19 points. Happy birthday to Christine Sinclair, of course. Oil Rain at number four, also with 19 points. Gotham 
in fifth place and North Carolina Courage rounding out the top six with 17 points. Uh, on the outside looking in, it's Houston Dash at seven, Orlando Friday at eight, Racing at nine, Chicago Red Stars at 10, and Angel City at 11 with current at number 12. So it's a little bit of a, a mid-month check-in. We'll see how things shake out. Uh, you know, at the end of the month, we like to go month to month here, sort of just see where the standings lie as we go into into July. So we'll check back in with those. I, I don't know. I think they shifted around in, in April. They shifted around in, in in May. I will not be surprised if they keep shifting around in June, yeah. especially it's what one to, to three points that separates uh, the top six here. It's wild. <laughs> we saw this last year, Sandra, at the end of the season, just the push for not only Shield, but for the playoff race. It was so close in NWSL and still with a lot of the draws. I mean, Kansas City is not by any means out of this. And and they're the last place team. They have not, They only have 11 less points. And I they, there's so much movement in the table. And I think there will be as this season progresses because – we're seeing the pride play really good soccer. We're seeing Louisville play really good soccer. Um, so I think, I mean, one win North Carolina is back all the way up to the top. So this is so, I love this league because there's so much parody and the results any given day. And it also makes it fun to watch. But I think for right now, what we're seeing out of San Diego wave when it comes to who they are defensively, we're, they're hard to beat. They're hard to break down. And so at this point in the season, it doesn't surprise me that they're sitting number one. Yeah, no, me, me neither. We'll, we'll see if they hang on to it for these next few weeks to close out June. Let's uh, let's chat about some some records that were smashed across the NWSL over the weekend. We want to give a little spotlight to Lynn Williams because with her penalty conversion over week 11 that broke the deadlock between her and Christine Sinclair for the official number two on NWSL goal scorers. So she sits just four behind Sam Kerr, who is the leading all-time goal scorer in NWSL. There's a lot of season left to go, Jordan. I mean, it can still stay close. I mean, Christine Sinclair is still in it with 73 yeah. Yeah. right here. The but 40 year congratulations old. to her. The 40-year-old Christine Sinclair. Now we have two 40-year-olds in this league, which is incredible. Nicole Barnhart and Christine Sinclair. Uh, yeah, this is – I wouldn't be surprised if Lynn Williams not only gets this record this season, but also just blows it out of the water. And she, the way that she's been performing and her work rate and her ability to put herself in, herself in good goal-scoring situations, either all on her own – or with the help of her team and and finding space within the box to really utilize and capture, she's been she's been so good. And this is her coming off of a difficult injury. I don't I don't know what like what she did in that rehab, but man, her mentality is right. Her joy for the game, everything that Lynn Williams is doing right now is working. And um, yeah, I, th I think she's going to be there in the middle in just a few games on this on this graphic. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was thinking about it in terms of just the the timeline of it all, you mm -hmm. know. And this is a player that we we have as a lock going to, to the World Cup, and it, yeah. I would anticipate that even if um, you know what the the end game of of getting all the way to that final game, if if 
that U.S. national team finds themselves spending extended period of time in the Southern Hemisphere and, and coming back and maybe need, you know, you need some time to recuperate from an experience like that, um, that there's still going to be some some weeks for her to to continue to build on this 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 goal scoring record. So it's it's wild to to think about the, the timing of it all and, and how she's how she's been converting. So it's something that I, look, it's we're going to keep an eye on Golden Boot Watch as well, of course. But I think this is a very unique, you know, all the all time record is a very unique and special thing as well. So mm -hmm. I think it's something that not too many people can be involved in. And the fact that it's already narrowed to down to a Williams and a Sinclair, I think is very exciting. Yeah. We're seeing a lot, not just that record, but over the weekend, we did see Lauren Barnes reach 200 yep. games in NWSL. I, you know, kudos to the goal scorers. I love that. Yep. But one of the things I love is, you know, I, I was part of this league when it started. And to see that there are players that have played now 200 games, that is something yep. that we as people covering this mm -hmm. league, we as people who are fans of this league are so proud of because it means that it's sustainable, that it has yeah. been here a long time. And we've never been able to experience that before. So um, it doesn't shock me that it was Lauren Barnes. I think it says she played in like 93% of the minutes, oh, wow. like something crazy. And like all, with the same, all with the same club. All with you know, the same like club, yeah. They, they refer to her as a, as a rain original. And it's just, it's, it's wild to even see that milestone be reached in, in, in this league but to do it all with one club I think is is a little bit underrated um and I'm right, th I'm right there with you I think it you know it it's like a it's a record that you can point at you know and say like hey like the league is still here it's mm -hmm. still growing it's yeah. still it's still moving we're still shaking um absolutely congratulations to to Lauren Bards and in reaching that milestone uh in the in the league uh we wanted to give ourselves the opportunity to to react to some player signings um and we're still going to stay with NWSL in this because we we didn't we realized that even though we've uh, previewed a couple games of 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 with Angel City uh, over these last few weeks, uh, we did not get a, really a chance to to react and, and talk about their recent announcement uh, of Amandi and, and her deal with Angel City. So the, the club had announced that Amandi Henri uh, has officially signed with Angel City. It's a multi-year deal. And I'm a little bit curious of how this player is going to yeah. fit in uh, a with this team. I think it's, look, I think it's a great pickup. I think I should preface anything that we're about to say by, you know, starting off with that. I, I think the opportunity to get uh, a caliber of player like Amandi Henry back into NWSL is massive. Uh -huh. But the fact that it's angel city, I think you automatically say, this is going to, this is the signing that will, absolutely help them but we're talking about timelines of things and and we are incorporating more world cup coverage as it gets closer and closer and we talked about france as one of those teams dropping a preliminary roster i don't know if the timeline is gonna match up with the impact jordan because this is a player that could also possibly spend a lot of time in the world cup if france you know excels in their group stage um, a, if she gets named to the final roster, and B, if they excel in the group stage, and C, if they excel in the knockout rounds uh -huh. as well. So I think it's great that they signed Amandi Henry, and I think it's even better that they signed her to a multi-year deal because I don't know if we're going to really have enough time to see the impact in the, in year one. Yeah, I, 
I need to go back and see how many games like each team has after the World Cup break. Yeah. I think it's like six to seven potentially in that in that range, five to seven. Uh, it depends on the team. But this this is just think if she can get in a handful of those games and how tight the yeah. the schedule or the schedule the ranking the standing yeah, yeah i couldn't even think of standings how tight the standings <laughs> are right now i think that we're going to see them be, continue to be really tight as the season progresses so there is a potential for her to impact this year but i agree yeah. i think the the most important thing is it's a multi-year deal deal which julie Ertz is not on for angel yep. city is not on a multi-year deal but when what i get excited about for this roster at angel city is I, i've talked a lot about how i feel like this midfield could be upgraded and they, they don't help and support and move through the lines as well as I think they could with the system that Freya Kuhn wants to play. So Henri gives you a couple of different looks. I, I think you could play with Ertz as a six and you could play two eights with Weatherholt and Henri as the two eights. And then you can move McCaskill higher up on the field and player as a pocket winger, as a winger. There, there's different looks that you can say or bring Henri in next to Ertz and McCaskill still plays centrally but you get a player who's really good at ball retention she can progress the ball through the lines through dribbling or passing um I, I was in Orlando over the weekend and actually was staying at the same hotel as the Thorns and I did speak to a Thorns player who's about this and and she said, yeah, I thought I thought she was thorns for life. So <laughs> we're going to have a conversation when we play her. <laughs> but, I love that. Yeah, but I, I think it's really good for the league to have these types of profile players come back because yeah. there is going to be a lot of growth in this league, Sandra, which we know there's two more teams coming next year. There's a potential for two more teams coming the next year yeah. as well. So what the league has to do is make sure that it is growing the talent within the United States, which is number one, I think the priority, but number two, in order to grow that you have to have competition at every single line of your field and Henri coming into the midfield of angel city adds to the competition day in and day out that they're going to see, which is going to up the level of this angel city squad. And they're going to look better because of it. I, I'm not saying it's going to be immediate results, but Every coach wants competition day in and day out, and they want it to be hard to pick a starting 11. And, and she's going to help them with that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think yeah, I, I, I think she'll be limited, right, just because of the timeline of it. But I, I don't think yeah. that I don't think there's a, an area or phase or stretch of the season where she'll have zero impact. You know, I just think it'll be a short. Uh, a short yeah. one. Um, I think, I think you make it, I love that tidbit about Portland and, and Amandi and, and yeah. going to a new team. I think that angle is also important though, as well. I mean, this isn't just, they're getting a European player that is not unfamiliar with playing within Honestly. the NWSL. So mm -hmm. I think the, the, the mental component, the, hopefully the, the, the muscle memory, right. Will be there with Amandi Henri as she makes her return to the NWSL, this is a, this is a player that um, you might not have to go through the the game planning or the conversations about you know how a, a transitional of a league this is. How maybe sometimes there are going to be games where it can get kind of physical in those middle middle thirds. She's not unfamiliar with that at this point. This is a player who's maybe in a different phase of her career right now, but was in in the league in 2016 and 2017. One 
shields, won titles with yeah. with the thorns. So again, not unfamiliar with this scene. I think that's also a really huge asset for Angel City as well. Because I think when you get when you make signings, when you especially international signings, maybe you have to have a little bit of grace, right? You have to have maybe a little bit of patience for players who are perhaps newer to the league or new to the styles of play that they are going to go up against in the league and you know try to have that patience and grace to sort of get them acclimated to things. And I don't necessarily know um, or, or believe that that's going to be a factor, uh, you know, with Henri coming back to, to NWSL and, and playing with, with Angel City. So I'm, I'm eager to see it, see what it looks like. I know they also mentioned in the announcement that she uh, likely won't be available to for any type of, of club selection until the, the next transfer window, which I believe is at the end of the month. So we'll we'll see if, if she's going to still get to have any kind of minutes with Angel City before possibly going into some some training camps with, with France. I'm sure Angel City is keeping fingers crossed there, you know, for the possibility of seeing her before she departs to the World Cup, but I don't know. We won't know till we know. So we'll keep an eye. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on, on rewatch for sure. Let's uh, let's pivot across the pond to close out this middle section, talking about U.S. Women's National Team midfielder Katerina Macario officially signing with Chelsea. Another multi-year deal. It's announced on a three-year deal and a free transfer from Lyon. Closed out her contract in France and then selected a new club. Very exciting time. Last time we checked in with Macario, it was uh, unfortunately we had to talk a little bit and react to the fact that she made the announcement that, you know, she's ultimately withdrawing herself from, from World Cup selection. Just was unfortunately unable to, again, we're talking about lots of timelines of things. I guess that's the actual theme of, of this episode. She was just unable to, to really get back to a place to make herself available for World Cup selection. But this is exciting. I like, if you're again, joining us live, we've got the, the, the video that Chelsea released in the announcement of Macario to the Blues. Um, she's going to be rocking the number nine, another famous U.S. women's national team player, usually rocking that number. And Mia Hamm, uh, I, I love it. I think this is a great move for for Macario. I think going from one league in Europe to another wow. league uh, in Europe, I think is going to be uh, incredibly beneficial, not just to her, but I think if we look at the future landscape of the women's national team, um, they're, we're going to, they're going to keep an eye on that as well. I know folks are, are itching for this player to get into, into NWSL, but I like this move. I like this move. Just, just look at it as like a gradual kind of movement back West. Maybe eventually she'll make her way back stateside, but I think mm -hmm. for this phase of her career so early on, I think, I think these are all, all the right moves. I think she can have a huge impact for this team moving forward. Oh, she she definitely will have a huge impact for any team that she plays on because she is just one of the most creative midfielders forwards at times that we've we've seen in a long time. So I think this is a good move for Macario. You mentioned playing in two different leagues. You glean so much information about how other how other teams and how other countries look at the game, especially tactically that you can she can bring that with her now to the national team when she rejoins them or to nwsl someday because i do believe she'll be back here at some point um in playing in the league but i i remember the video when chelsea won of sam kerr like counting how many 
trophies they've won. Um, Sam Kerr is going to be counting how many goals she gets off of Macario assists because that combination is one that I cannot wait for. Sam Kerr getting the ball from Katarina Macario. I think we are going to hear that time and time again. And it'll be fun to see how she inserts herself into this league that has come become very competitive over the last few years. Uh, it asks something different of you tactically. Can she adapt to that? I think 100% yes. And she's going to hit the ground running this season because she isn't, you know, I think she gave herself a little bit of a mental break by saying, I'm not going to be part of the women's national team. I cannot imagine as a player with the drive that she has, what that felt like to withdraw yourself from the biggest thing that you could ever do in your career. But also it shows you a little bit of her, what her head is like, how yeah. steady she is in decision-making. So this wasn't a decision on a whim to go to Chelsea. I think it was very purposeful. She knows that she can get better there. Um, this is going to be a growth for her under Emma Hayes that I, I think we're going to see her develop a, a lot as a player in different ways. So yeah. I, I cannot wait. And she looks really happy. And that's all yeah. like, to, to go from, you know, it, it's probably a great contract going to Chelsea. There's a lot of demand for this player. So it's hard not to be happy living in London. Like, yeah, no, I, I think. There were, you know, it was rumored that there were multiple teams right in, in the running and in, in, in pursuit of, of trying to sign Macario um, in Europe specifically. I know Chelsea was one of those teams. And, you know, I think I think you could point to, you know, almost any club that might have the money to move or make a move like this and say you're in, they were interested in, in, in Macario. Right. I think we heard Barcelona and Bayern as well, um, but, but massive. And I'm with you. I, I can't wait to see what it looks like, the play between her and Kerr and, and, and moving forward. I think, again, again, time timelines are, are, are the theme of the yeah. episode. But, you know, you've got Sam Kerr on, on a final year of, of her contract, you know, and and again, what's that going to look like? And I think they have their eyes on the prize, right? They, they want to get that long elusive champions league title. Um, and this is a player that can maybe come in and provide uh, some, some, some added uh, oomph and some added X factor to try to get them over that hump a little bit. Macario already a champions league winner with Lyon, you know, understanding the pressures and the demands uh -huh. of that tournament. So I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see what it looks like, you know, the, the departures that they had in harder, um, the unknown variables with, with Frank Kirby and, and, and if she is going to return, you know, this is a player who has uh, had to deal with numerous injury um, and setbacks throughout her career and is phenomenal on the pitch when available and healthy, but, you know, has said that if she's, if she has had to go, if she has to go through another kind of career altering injury, that she will have some serious conversations um, about her, you know, eventual return or non-return. So yeah. I think, you know, there's definite, this signing was, was about right now and achieving goals in the near future, but it's, it's also about longevity as well and that they want to build with Macario for the future as well. So excited to see what it looks like when Macario suits up in blue, stick with us. We're going to close out the episode of chat all about some world cup rosters that drop. We'll be back after a quick break. All right. We're also reacting to world cup 
rosters as they drop. We have a lot of national team programs that have announced preliminary rosters. Um, a couple that have announced uh, their full 23 final player rosters. Uh, but we want to take a moment to react to Spain's preliminary roster. They just dropped it the other day. If you're if you're joining us, uh, listen on back to, to some of our reactions to the other uh, national team programs that have dropped. But Spain is of a particular interest because of um you know everything that's been going on with their national team and players who have tried to speak out and try to fight for uh better resources uh and their national team program if you look here uh joining us live we've got uh, an image of the provisional roster of course alexia futeas a big headliner and this one has made the return from her ACL injury. We got to see her in the final Liga F uh, matches. And then we got to see her in Champions League knockout rounds as well. Um, so that's a massive, massive player to have. But they're going to narrow this down. The manager said that they're going to narrow this down by about June 30th uh, to have a final 23 players. But a lot of attention was on this uh, preliminary roster because of people were curious about who was going to be on it and essentially who was going to be left off because last year, um, just to give a refresher and a reminder, if folks are, or, or if folks aren't aware, but last September there were 15 players who essentially uh, rallied together to try to send a private email uh, to the Federation um, essentially asking for cultural changes. And they've been referred to Las Quince ever since. Um, and they wanted to essentially say that, you know, we'd like to talk about some some cultural changes at the national team level. And unless there is a joint agreement to, to have these conversations, um, we have to continue to uh, refuse national team call-ins. And uh, unfortunately, the uh, Spanish Federation um, kind of flipped the script on these 15 players um, and essentially said that, uh, you know, players cannot call for the firing of a head coach, which is from what we understand in that email was not something that they asked for. And the Federation further went on to say that they will not be welcomed back until they recognize their mistake, their error and ask for forgiveness um, and it was it was quite the headlines around, um, you know, this team and in in, in their state at the time. And since then, we've seen a lot of players, many of them um, who play for Barcelona, go on to reach, uh, you know, more success with their club team. We just saw, you know, Patrick uh, Guijarro just have an excellent Champions League final, lift another title with uh, with Barcelona. She is a player who is not going to be part of this World Cup roster. We also look and see someone in in, in Mapi Leon um, mm -hmm. as well. You know, Sandra Paños is, is another big name uh, to not be part of this uh, Spain national team roster. And this is just the provisional roster, right? A preliminary roster. So they're not even in um, to compete for this final 23-player roster. And um, it's it's uh, it's an uncomfortable, I think, situation around this team as they prepare for the biggest tournament in, in the world. I think that's the big question, Sandra, is how much is this going to affect the, the team that is prepping for 
participating in the World Cup. The the 30 that we just saw going to be narrowed down to 23 without that list of players who have over the years been so influential in this Spanish squad. So how do those 30 players focus on them and not get uh, dragged dragged down by there's going to be a lot of talk around this team. Yeah. Uh, now we're already talking about it as the World Cup starts. They're going to be talking about it on all of the broadcasts because they're going to be without really big named players for Spain. I, I will say the players. So when the U.S. played Spain in the fall, it was right after this had happened. And so there were a lot of these players that got experience against really big teams mainly the United States, they, they had a 2 nothing victory against the United States. And a couple of the players that were effective in that game are on this 30-player preliminary roster. So I think it's about how, uh, you know, the, the U.S. often talk about a bubble and how they put themselves in a bubble when they're at the World Cup where they try not to let anything else in. Can this Spanish squad do that? Because, Sandra, when we've seen them play over the years, like they – this this could be one of the best chances for Spain to make their their best run at a World Cup, um, but now they're without all these players that could have really been effective for them. How do these players put themselves in a bubble and say, "Hey, we know how we want to play. We want the ball. We want to be effective. We have some talent still in in who we're bringing because it's still a very talented roster." but it has to be about us. And um, yeah, it, it's interesting. The whole situation is really interesting. It's, it's sad that this is how it's come to be that we're going to be without these players. But um, you know, I think it's also really bold to stand up for something that you believe in. And I think the interesting thing will be afterwards. I, I think um, Jorge Vilda, the head coach has been there since right after the 15 world cup. That's a long tenure yeah. for a national team coach. So I think it all hinges on this for him or, or we'll see if it does, if that's, and if it doesn't and they don't do well and he still has a job, then I think we kind of know why he has a job because, um, but this team, I think will either come together or this will be a a difficult tournament for them where all of this noise um, and the difficulties within the group kind of pull them apart. No, I think I look, I'm with you. I think it's an important note that you made about, um, those that kind of first pair of friendlies that they mm-hmm. that they had right after uh, this email surfaced, you know, they they ended up getting results against really good teams, other, you know, FIFA top 10 ranked teams. Not only did they, you know, beat the United States uh, 2-0, but getting a draw against Sweden, you know, and this is one of those moments where unfortunately the Federation can point at and say, actually, you know, we're going to stick to our guns. If you don't come back and come correct, you're right. going to keep, you know, being iced out and boxed out of future um, selections, you know, so that I think it's important to note kind of that first window of friendlies that, that took place after that, that, that email um, got sent out. I know folks are, are, are looking at, um, you know, Puteas and, and how maybe, so many Barcelona players were were listed on that um, on that email, but you have to look again. Timing of things, she was someone who was not getting any call ups in, into camps because she was right smack dab in the middle of of a ACL um, you know rehab process, and 
um, this is your two-time Ballon d'Or winner, um, uh -huh. really, the, the, who has become the face of the national team program. Yeah. And I would imagine that conversations might have been different there. And that was the other thing, too. All of, all of the time leading up to this provisional roster, there's been, there's been reports that there have been um, attempts to, to have conversations with individuals. They didn't want to have – that's kind of the other thing that maybe doesn't feel so great about this, that there, there wasn't a collective conversation, that the Federation only wanted to have these kind of one-on-ones um, oh. with, with players and to try to maybe sway them one way or the other to compete for a, a World Cup. You know, I, the, the, there was that possibility there that Bon Mati might not have been on this roster, but she is now. But I think even that, it sent off a lot of kind of yeah. red flags, like how how tough this this can be. But um, it's it's a little, you know, no Mapi Leon, no, no Patri, no Claudia Pina, no Sandra Pagni. That This is just like, it just, it's weird to me to not see these names on, on on Spain's uh, even provisional roster, and then knowing that they're not going to be there for the for the final twenty three. So it's um there's it just sort of feels like phase one of this moment because this yeah. this roster still needs to be narrowed down to twenty three. We will see what the final twenty three looks like at the end of the month, and of course we're gonna react to more of these as they continue to drop. Of course we're waiting patiently for the U.S. national team and their roster as well. Uh, we've got all the rosters rolling out for you on cbssports.com i'm doing my best to update them as they come on out so make sure you bookmark that great. yeah make sure you bookmark that if you if you need it if you're trying to look at all the players across all the national teams but that is a wrap for us today on a3 thanks everybody for joining us and listening to attacking third download follow and listen to us anywhere you get your podcast you can watch us too so subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third and we will be back on friday because we're going to do a weekend preview for you all so stay tuned for sandra and jordan angeli this was attacking third